the best podcast in baseball is brought to you by Clauses by Design. Update your closet, garage, office, pantry, and more. Imagine your home totally organized with Closets by Design. Call 1-800-BY-DESIGN. That's 1-800-BY-DESIGN. I'll put it on the clock. We'll have two minutes, ten prospects, and we're good to go, right? Yeah, we can do that. It's kind of like a little PTI. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, prospect. Prospect talk. I can't think of an eye. Initiated. Oh, look at that. It even has an alarm. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the best podcast in baseball, brought to you by Closet by Design of St. Louis. I'm St. Louis Post-Dispatch baseball writer Derek Gould, joined today by the guy who carried the coverage here on February 29th, 2024. Special day because it only comes around once every four years. It is, of course, leap day in which we're recording this, and I am, of course, talking to Daniel Guerrero, baseball writer at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, who had today a story, Daniel, about four guys ready for their leap years right 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 i mean uh fit thing i mean fits the theme of the every four years four prospects to watch make leaps this year and different facets right i mean it's not necessarily all the um they're not not they're not all on the same timeline right i mean every prospect's different guys are looking for different things each year um and obviously with some brainstorming with with you i mean figured four leaps for four prospects that that will be uh fun to watch or interesting to watch or any adjective you kind of put next to that but are worth keeping tabs on uh this year well here at the podcast we don't have to be limited to just four so here's my idea all right are we ready yeah i'm gonna we got we got about 25 minutes here right maybe 27 minutes here between interviews Mm -hmm. between trying to track down the latest uh latest info and everything and then turn it around for sdltd.com how about we talk about 10 prospects two minutes each are you good i'll put it on the clock we'll have two minutes 10 prospects and we're good to go right yeah we can do that it's kind of like a little pti yeah okay yeah uh prospect what is the prospect talk I can't think of an I. Initiated. Initiative. <laughs> Initiative, yeah. We'll, do, we'll, work. we'll workshop the uh, adjective. But we'll, the idea, two minutes each, ten prospects with Daniel Guerrero here on the best podcast in baseball. All right. I got the timer set. Are you ready to go? Yeah. All right. Introduce the first prospect. Here we go. Well, I guess the, we'll start with the first four. Uh, the one that led the list that's on stltoday.com and in the post-dispatch is Ian Bedell. Uh, Bedell. Mizzou as, kid. Yeah, as, as many of uh, listeners know, I mean, Mizzou product. Uh, Mizzou graduate, I mean, got his degree, uh, uh, finished his degree there, and uh, really did not pitch at all in his first two years, right? I mean, came into the into pro baseball during the pandemic in 2020, had his last collegiate season cut short, um, had an entire minor league season wiped out, and then finally gets into a game in 2021 gets injured has tommy john tries to get back in 2022 has setbacks gets back late in 2022 and really has barely a sample not even really like a costco size sample of (laughs) professional baseball i mean he threw less than nine innings so two years lost right of development in as, as a minor leaguer and he finally gets healthy this year um has a strong season with high a peoria becomes the midwest pitcher of the year uh gets up to about 96 innings uh era under two and a half 
strike uh, about 106 strikeouts, and his leap this year is really needing to leap levels. Um, he was a part of that 2020 draft class that we're now seeing in the majors, right, with Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, uh, Alec Burleson was the first to get there. I mean, you have Tim Ken's kind of climbing up that radar of a guy who newcomer Thomas to JC Thomas to JC right um, so I mean for Ian Bedell this will be a big year for him to leap multiple levels because hasn't pitched in double-a yet it, and it really all starts here in spring training I mean uh, he's one of 30 Cardinals prospects in step camp which is you know the Cardinals early program for minor leaguers and as I was told by farm director Gary LaRock that Ian Bedell competes here and that, that this is where it all starts for him to make those leaps up the system all right, very good. Uh, you got the next prospect for us. Here we go. Two minutes on the clock. Oh, look at that. It even has an alarm. All right, here we go. Uh, number two and another one on that list that was number two on that list who might be uh, close to two on prospect lists as we kind of go along, but Juan Bin Cho. I mean, you look at the size and the tools and just everything that he possesses. I mean, and then you look at the age, right? He's only 20 years old, doesn't turn 21. Uh, until I think August, and man, I mean, this is a guy who you look at what he did last year in Palm Beach, right? He was part of that uh, 2021 international signing class headlined mm-hmm. by Jonathan Mejia with Luis Rodriguez, a catcher from Venezuela, um, and then Juan Bin Cho, right, a teenager from South Korea, um, has pretty good eye at the plate. I mean, uh, had a walk rate above 14%, I mean, on base percentage around 370 um, hit for about 270 uh, average, and um, played around that. Played around, you know, three the three outfield spots, mostly in right field. Um, stole 30 bases, 32 bases. Really? So it's like you, you see that you see the 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 speed, you see the the strength that's kind of coming along. I mean, he's the size, right? I mean, and, yeah. and you see that that projection, right? So I mean, this is left-handed a, bat, left-handed bat, um, and you. Even just watching him on the backfield yesterday, right? He's going up against Chen Wei Lin, who uh, a pitcher from Taiwan, and uh, has some high velocity. And Juan Bin Cho, you know, just hitting screamers up the middle. I mean, it's yeah. it's uh, it, it's it's he's going to be somebody who's very uh, very interesting to watch. And um, he's kind of ranked around like that middle of card, like that middle mm-hmm. tier of Cardinals prospects. But when you look at him coming into this season, uh, what he did last year in Palm Beach in a, in 105 games. Um, and you look at this year, it's like, okay, this is the year that he can leap up rankings. I mean, th- he's yeah. def- he's a guy who has a lot of projection. He could be a top five prospect for them. Also, when he made his great for the league, de- oh, all right. Man. Well, he played center field. I'm going to sneak right. that in there. Okay, next guy. Uh, next guy who's also on that list is and is also in big league camp for the first time in his career is catcher Leonardo Bernal. Oh, yeah, switch hitter, right? Uh, right, switch hitting catcher also is going to turn uh, 21 this year. Um, young, but same thing. Uh, receives well. I mean, uh, has a kind of a sharp mind for the game uh, at a young age too. I mean, I remember last year hearing that you know he when when the the ABS the automated ball strike system was being uh, tested and the challenge system that you know he had a lot of success doing that and just understanding the strike zone and and having that confidence to do that. Um, but then and you look at what he does uh, at the plate, right? A switch hitter. Uh, pretty even splits when it comes to uh, just hitting for average against lefties and righties. I think you saw a little bit more uh, success when it just comes to hitting for 
or slugging percentage. I mean, he had 14 of his 15 doubles, I think, mm-hmm. were against uh, right hand. I mean, a uh, left-handed. No, I'm sorry, right-handed pitching. He's a guy who can leap into as you know. I know you put it the other day. Leap into consciousness of mm-hmm. a key prospect moving forward. I mean, when you look at same thing, the projection, the age, what he offers from both sides of the on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, and at both sides of the plate. Um, and then you know him being in big league camp, this could really be a, a a kind of foundational thing for him. I mean, just being around Wilson Contreras and Yvonne Herrera um, and just receiving big league pitching. I mean, That's a big, yeah. Bullpens. Yeah. I mean, and just being in, uh, just being around that environment, right? I mean, you look at that recipe and it's like, okay, this is a guy who can take a leap up levels this year, a leap up rankings and leap into being, you know, a key prospect. Yeah, you think about, like, what a catcher gets out of being in Major League Camp. It's not just being around the, the other catchers, the advanced catchers, but it's also seeing advanced stuff. I mean, they're they're not seeing pitchers who can, you know, go and – I'm going to stop the alarm here before it goes mm-hmm. off, but they're not seeing um, – you know, the same kind of control of pitchers that they will at their level. Quick story about Bernal is one of the things that really attracted the Cardinals to him is his leadership, mm-hmm. you know, like his ability to kind of command a game when he was a young guy and he was playing for one of the, na- for the national team. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like directing traffic and they saw him kind of keep control of his team and really guide it. And that, that stuck with the Cardinals um, that stuck with the scouts in part because they're like, well, okay, look, he already, has this, whether it's innate or whether it's learned, this this feel for a catcher who controls the game. All right, we'll restart here. Got two minutes. We're moving on to prospect number four. Um, well, I got the alarm at the beginning. All right, my bad. All right, cool. Prospect number four and the fourth <laughs> one on that list. Uh, I one, should leave the tech to you. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, prospect number four and the fourth one on that list who isn't really going to, I mean, might not jump out on many radars at all, but uh, this leap will be a leap stateside. Um, Jordan Pena, who mm. uh, is an outfield prospect, uh, played the last two years in the Dominican Summer League, also a part of that international signing class with Mejia and Juan Bincho and Luis Rodriguez. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and so that gives you perspective as to where he right. is as far as how old he was and also right. how far away he was. I mean, that he spent the past two years in the Dominican. Yeah, and then obviously, I mean, being uh, that young, I mean, uh, the the Cardinals Academy, I mean, the Dominican Summer League is really to give guys a lot of structure. Not just, you know, throw them into pro ball, but kind of get their feet wet into just, okay, what is this going to look like and, and have a kind of a stable environment and after a couple years, uh, a couple seasons in the in the DSL, um, was part of the uh, got you know the DSL All Star nods in back to back years, mm-hmm. um, and is expected to make his stateside debut. I mean, he's somebody who might not uh, jump off the radar or uh, make prospect list, but he's somebody who you know if you're just kind of looking for somebody to keep tabs on, uh, that's going to be making their debut playing for one of the the full season affiliates or even in the complex league like this is a guy that you know that was notable a notable signing in in 2021 and you know could be a notable prospect to just keep an eye on uh at that level what is he defensively like what's the word on how he how he is defensively uh yes i mean he played a lot of uh same thing like out uh just corner out uh, right field um but i mean he has some speed that can translate into playing uh center field full time but yeah i mean he offers that that option all right, moving on to prospect number four. Five. Five. Two minutes. I'm getting all my numbers confused. Prospect number five. Here we go. Well, this is another one that kind of falls off list but had a strong season last year. And thanks for keeping count. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Noah Menlinger is a name that 
Oh, I'm glad you brought Yeah, Does, he got into a game recently. Yeah, he got into a game recently. He was a part of Team Israel last year in the WBC. Uh, played a lot of games for Peoria and then a lot of games for Springfield. Uh, played some infield, played outfield. He kind of stuck in right field for Springfield last year down the stretch after he got promoted. Um, and his bat-to-ball skills are some of the best in the organization. Really? Um, so, I mean, when you look at that, when you look at kind of his path, uh, he was, went to Division three school uh, out in Georgia, came to the Cardinals as an undrafted uh, free agent. Um, and, his, you know, essentially that's kind of an uphill battle to climb and, uh, you know, has became a, a regular everyday player and a uh, uh, top-of-the-order hitter, I mean, uh, a leadoff hitter for for Springfield, somebody who kind of set the tone for them. And you just look at that flexibility, right? I mean, he came in as a second baseman. He's played second. He's played third. He's played left. He's played right. And and, and just talking to him last year at the end of the season, um, you know, he mentioned that, you know, just trying to pick up uh, kind of anything he can do to get his name into the, into the lineup. And it kind of fits his, uh, his path here. I mean, just kind of finding a way to get an opportunity. Um, but when you look at kind of what he offers at the plate, right, and, and his ability to just kind of not chase a whole lot. I mean, put the ball in play, doesn't strike out a ton. Uh, another kind of versatile defender um, doesn't, you know, necessarily have the power, but, I mean, when you look at just what he does uh, and gives you an at-bat that somebody who's going to put the ball in play and somebody who can play multiple, multiple positions, um, he's a really down-ballot prospect who can you know just provide some depth in the system and we've seen guys like that you know make a lot of noise as contributors and maybe become more brendan donovan mm-hmm. thomas to jc's on the on the on the brink but then you know that's kind of how tommy edmund got up right right all right here we go halfway through prospect number six well i guess this is the one that you could pick is like maybe he makes a leap to the majors because of his 40-man roster status but pedro Baez comes to mind right when you look at the Cardinals' catching depth and what they did this offseason to protect him from the Rule 5 draft, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he's somebody who the pitching staff, I mean, has has nice – I mean, I don't want to say – I don't know if nice words is kind of a understanding. Yeah, good rapport. But yeah. A good rapport with, yeah. with throwing – I'm sorry for almost cutting you off there. No, no, that's fine. I kind of had a loss for words. Um, <laughs> when you look at uh, Pedro Pajas and uh, kind of what he offers, same thing as the defense first catcher. Uh, had some improved offensive numbers last year in Springfield. Uh, was one of their uh, regular contributors in you know lineup for mm-hmm. for a team that uh, you know was one of three Cardinals affiliates to make the playoffs. I mean, he was a guy who also went to the fall league in in twenty twenty two, went unprotected that winter, um, and Cardinals made the choice to add him to the forty man roster this year. I mean, has he's you know provides that depth behind Wilson Contreras and Yvonne Herrera for you know if there's a need at the big league level for for uh, for backup catcher for you know just somebody up there i mean yeah. and and uh and he has a lively bat and right. he also has like at least some big league familiarity because of the time he spent with wilson Contreras, but also trevino of the yankees mm-hmm. um over the past two years in the off season pa has has spent time in san antonio with um trevino they're working and it's one of the you know pies came in and he, he was really concerned about kind of how stiff he was how stiff his hips were and they worked on a new setup so he's one of the one knee down guys and has really found that not only can he do well um receiving and flexibility wise um, but it's also made him one of the better framers and last year he was the one of the best framers um and one of the in, in camp man that timer is really really yeah. i wonder how many people are timing at home as they listen to it but um you know really interesting story really advanced mm-hmm. defensively and you're right has a good feel for the catchers all right moving on number seven uh number seven is a guy who could leap back into expectations i would say mm. um joshua baez uh played full season last year with yeah. palm beach 
Um, and strikeouts were a problem. I mean, he had one of the highest strikeout rates just among hitters in the Cardinal system. Um, but when you look at him and you saw, I mean, okay, in 2021, he was second-round pick right behind Michael McGreevy. Um, somebody who was, you know, Cardinals had a kind of a, a sway from uh, from his commitment to Vanderbilt. Right. And, um, you know, had a, in 2022, injury-limited year, the hamate bone injury, came back, and he had some uh, – productive numbers in a limited amount of time and then goes into this year and you know just struggles at the plate uh but i mean this is i think this will be a big year as he's uh entering really his uh second what what would it be 22 so it would be his second full season Mm -hmm. uh of pro baseball to kind of get back on track of of expectations right being a second round pick i mean that obviously that carries a lot of weight and that's something that that i mean i remember the last time speaking to him i mean it's something who he's a very leveled guy i mean you can you can see the maturity with him mm-hmm. and uh, just understanding like okay like the goal is to be healthy and to be productive and uh, obviously that's going to be a key for him right he finally had a healthy season last year with Palm Beach yeah um, and now it's time to see that projection right guy who had you know described as having raw power uh, defensively had has played some center uh, kind of sticks more in right because mm-hmm. of his strong arm I mean he was high school was throwing ninety seven off the mound yeah and he's considered uh, to still have the strongest arm in the organization I mean, yeah. Baseball America has outfield yeah out strong outfield arm um so i mean you see those tools with him and now i think this is going to be a big year for him to have that projection turn into production for him and get above the the low a level what do you hear about like that power is it is it a matter of finding the swing and miss like did he did he find finding more contact to get the power or what do you hear about i mean he did strike out a bunch um but it did he hit for enough power to allow for some strikeouts? Is that where the balance is, or does where is the power development for him? Uh, well, I think when I mean, especially when you just look at the numbers, you there there is a need to see that power arrive, and I think just a part of it's going to be cutting down on the chase. Mm, okay, um, and, and I think that's kind of where it's going to come from, right? Of him, yeah, just getting bad on the ball. I mean, because that that that's what you see. I mean, just looking at him in lives. I mean, you see that, okay. right? The ball jumps off his bat. I mean, when he makes solid contact. But I mean, it's just, just a matter of, you know, just cutting down on the the like the whiff rate. Yeah, because he doesn't really have like a complex and like there's not a lot to his swing. Sometimes you go down and you see the prospects, and you go, well, okay, there's just a lot going on to their swinger. Even Mason Wynn, mm-hmm. right? He's talked about that. That you know he had to kind of calm and quiet that's what the word he used was quiet as swing but Baez doesn't have a whole lot going on to generate the power um and that's why i asked i just didn't know like if if the power is just reliant on being a guy who crushes fastballs or if it's just you know if he might have to give up some of that power to make up more contact then he's a way different hitter than they thought they were getting yeah no i i get you i mean but i i think i mean obviously we're you know um He's still very young, so I mean, I think there are going to be some changes that that'll that we'll see in 2024, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of a finding that balance, like you mentioned. All right, moving on. I'm going to start the clock again. Here we go. Uh, next prospect. Next one was it eight? Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to we'll I mean we're going to see a leap in sample size. I think that'll be a big one for this next one, and it's Cooper Jerpy. Mm. I mean, you we saw him in his first Grapefruit League game the other day, and. I mean, you see it. I mean, you see the as he's has he as he's even described it. You know that funky um, kind of stuff that he offers. I mean, and, and the swing and miss and the the deceptiveness. I, I think just the leap in sample size is going to be huge for him because last year he was only limited 
to about 40 innings in the regular season, made up for a few of that, uh, few of those innings in the fall league, mm-hmm. uh, mostly out of the bullpen, um, which was something that was you know different to him, even having only started you know when he was at Oregon State and even coming into pro ball. But I think when you look at the next big thing for his development, that's that's got to be what it is. I mean, uh, he's I mean first round pick from 2022. Um, and you know he was described as somebody who's who's going to be a fast riser in the organization, and obviously, I mean the the injury, uh, the elbow surgery, the arthroscopic surgery yeah. that he had uh, last year uh, over the summer. I mean, held him back from a first full season in the majors. I mean, sorry, in the minors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I mean, he's here in big league camp for the first time. I mean, he's one of the younger guys uh, out there. He's kind of one of the uh, uh, offers one of the different looks that that kind of lies within the Cardinals. Uh, pitching pipeline. I mean, with with a lot of the, d- the influx of guys they got at the yeah. deadline, but yeah, I mean, if if there's any leap that he needs to make, it's really just sample size and staying healthy. So you can kind of see what okay, what Cooper Jerpy fully mm-hmm. offers. Yeah, he had two pieces removed from his elbow that were about one centimeter long, so no small thing. Yeah. Also, his deception, his delivery is so deceiving mm-hmm. that it tied up the track man in knots mm. it, they, they didn't know what to do the other day i think it was the track man maybe it was one of the other systems that tracks pitches regardless it uh, it defied it. It, it they didn't know what to do with it they had no idea how, how to classify some of his pitches just because wow. of the deception on him and the movement on him it was such that it was just a bit off all right prospect number nine this next one i think is going to just it's weird because he made the leap last year and i think it'll be another leap year for him I guess to build off of, um, but Edwin Nunez is kind of an interesting. Oh, I'm glad you brought him up. Down yeah. on the farm. I mean, he was another one of those guys that went to the fall league this last year. But when you look at the strides he made with correcting uh, just command issues in 2022, walked a ton of guys. I mean, and he has you know offers at high velocity out of the out of the bullpen. Um, is a guy who's gone multiple innings out of the bullpen as well, which I find kind of interesting, right? I mean, he's not limited to one or two, um, but I mean, he's offered three innings um, in relief and. Also, another young guy. I mean, he uh, uh, got up to Double A last year. I mean, which was a big leap because I mean he started the year in Low A, and mm-hmm. uh, before that, I mean he was just kind of bouncing around between Palm Beach and the Complex League. Um, but he comes in and was a key piece in, in Palm Beach's bullpen early in the year. Offered the same for Peoria, and then you know when Springfield uh, made the playoffs. Um, he was one of the few guys that got a got a promotion up a level just for the playoffs. What does he throw? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, obviously, like the main thing that attracts you is the high velocity with the fastball. I mean, slider is also a, a key piece to his uh, his arsenal, um, and I think you saw that in the fall league, right? I mean, he was going up against you know guys. Obviously, like the fall league is for many people, you know, going up against guys from different levels, and um, I think you saw a little bit of. of of uh, you know, you saw that learning curve that you know there's still a lot of work that yeah. uh, for him and for a lot of development for him. But I mean, when you look at guys who leap last year and can continue, can continue leaping, I mean he he's one of the ones that stands out. I mean he's in step camp right now. Um, saw him pitch yesterday on the backfield. Same thing really? in lives. I mean one of the guys he faces, Chase Davis, who you know was a first round pick last year. Um, but um, stuff I mean is electric. Oh, excellent timing. All right, here we go. Are we on the last one? Uh, are we? Um, I guess so. Who's so prospect number ten? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess a prospect that I think is going to leap into the into more. Well, I guess I guess leap. Well, he's already leaped into pro ball. I don't know how to how to what leap. I guess adjective to put onto it. But I think I just mentioned it right now. But Chase Davis is one who I think will continue mm-hmm. to leap onto uh, 
I don't know if it's conversations or uh, yeah, that works. Just minds. Yeah. But I mean, we we saw him briefly last. I mean, out of like out of he, he's leaping out of like being a number one pick, which comes with a lot of like attention yeah. and potential yeah. and everything right. like that, to actually having tangible professional baseball success that that leaps him into a discussion or even onto a depth chart. Right, because I mean, he's uh, I mean, he got a short run last year at Palm mm-hmm. Beach. I mean, it was kind of a whirlwind thing for him too i mean right gets drafted in in july uh you know signs makes the visit to bush stadium takes bp and then a couple days later finds himself in a game for palm beach i mean it's a quick transition for um for him and i uh, and you know he just talking to him the other day i mean mentioned you know some of the struggles and some of the things that'll come with it but i mean it's i i it's it's one of those things where i think you you look at kind of just that uh, exposure, right, and that—that's something that you know is going to play a role into just helping him get settled in, um, and starting to figure out uh, minor league pitching. Um, it, you know, played in the Pac-12, which isn't going to exist anymore so anytime soon. Um, you know, and play and got a run. And I think one of the things for him too was getting a run at center field. Um, all the games he played on defense were in center field, mm. and uh, you know, it's it, it's kind of interesting to see, right? Because I mean, he was kind of more of a corner guy at, at Arizona, but gets that opportunity in Pro Bowl. And, um, you know, you could expect to, to see, I mean, possibly see out there uh, this year. Well done. So that's 10 prospects, two minutes each. We made it through. We didn't lose count. We only went over a couple times, Daniel. And there's one last topic then that's left to discuss when we're going off of a leap day theme. And that is the prospect or young player who is going to leap into contribution in the majors. The obvious answer is probably Mason Wynn, right? I mean, he's going to get the most opportunity to be the most impactful rookie and probably will be a candidate for the for the National League Rookie of the Year. I mean, he's going to go into it probably as an early candidate, maybe even early favorite for the National League Rookie of the Year. So there's no question that he's the one that the Cardinals have identified and counted on, even with the addition this week of Brandon Crawford, to leap into contributions. Mm-hmm. Is there another? As Yoda once said, I'm, I'm hitting you with, okay. Um, not, I mean, I like Star Wars. I mean, I don't know it by heart, though. So sorry for any Star Wars out there. Fans out there. And I don't think they're listening anymore. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, what? What? Who is there? Another? Is there another young player that you think could come and impact this team? I mean, there's Granillo stands out. I mean, could he do it? Graceffo. Right. Um, you know, you got a couple of the Victor Scott the second. I mean, those are three, definitely three strong candidates, right? I mean, and I mean, you look at. Andre Granillo and the same thing for I mean late round pick 14th round pick in 2021 got up to Mem- uh, Memphis this past year went to the fall league and had a good showing out there in the fall league has pitched in you know late innings and in, at every level he's been on from being in college at UC Riverside to mm-hmm. uh, to Peoria to Springfield uh, you know offers kind of a one-two mix with the power fastball and a slider that you know gets a lot of his swing and miss has one of the most effective K rates in the system um, when you look at just his first full season in 2021. I mean, uh, certainly a strong candidate. And then you all, I mean, Gordon Grisseff was another one, right? I mean, you look at um, just his first outing the other day. I mean, the stuff and the changes he made this past offseason, right? I mean, he kind of worked on uh, more consistency with his delivery and his windup with pushing off on the rubber from the same spot and, and things like that that, uh, 
um, are gonna that he believes are gonna help him with better command, with uh, things. I mean, better command and just kind of a more um, uh, effective use of kind of mm-hmm. his pitch, uh, his pitch, uh, pitch shape, and, and kind of the what he, what he does out there. Um, and man, Victor Scott, I mean. You look at what he's done in games. I mean, and, he, and it's it's one of those things where you can't just look at the box score with him, mm-hmm. because even the other day, right, he lines out, hits a hard liner to right field, sharp grounder up the middle. I mean, doesn't get on base in either ones, but I mean, that was the line out to right field was the hardest hit ball, uh, or one of the hardest hit balls in that game, and that was against uh, was it against Boston? Yeah, he had the hardest hit ball, fastest. the fastest sprint speed, and the fastest thrown ball by a by a position player right and i mean plays a premier defensive spot and you know uh, was a gold glover at the minor league level at mm-hmm. that spot last year um you look at the way speed has changed the game and i know you've talked about this and written about it with you know you look at like corbin carroll and the diamondbacks and right. how that how that you know influence and impacts a game um and i mean we saw it uh in west palm beach the other day right when victor scott and mason winter both on base and uh kind of the, the chaos they can create. We saw it with Victor Scott's Grapefruit League debut um, in, in Sports St. Lucie that you were there yeah. for. Um, right, and then you kind of think about, okay, what the status of Tommy Edmond and kind of when he's going to be back. And I kind of look at the Cardinals' outfield options. Obviously, Dylan Carlson's, uh, you know, right there in the, the mix is, you know, the uh, fourth outfielder. But, I mean, you look at Victor Scott and you look at the leaps that he took last year and how quickly he's risen through the system. I mean, you begin to think like okay like is this going to be the guy that's going to have the impact at the major league level at some point this year and i mean it, it feels kind of if this is a magic eight ball i mean and you shake it it kind of i, I think you would get the you know trending towards that way or you know <laughs> right. yeah, it's a tried and true cardinal tradition where the the young guy comes over takes over playing time in center field uh, i mean you can go back to John Jay did it, and you know, before him, Colby Rasmus did it, and John Jay then did it from Colby Rasmus, and Harrison Bader did it from somebody, and then you know uh, Harrison Bader, you know, was traded because the Cardinals feel like they have cover in center field as Dylan Carlson plays it. Then, of course, you have Tommy Edmond doing it this past year, so it's a, it's become somewhat of a trend around here where the guy who opens the year in center field uh, at some point in time during a contending season. There's a young guy who starts pushing for more playing time, whether it's because of his defensive ability mm-hmm. in Harrison Bader's case, or because of his, you know, consistency and knack for providing both offensively and defensively, John Jay, or you know, just superb defense, switch hitter, and reliability um, in Tommy Edmond, and then of course now you have this aspect where Victor Scott is an excellent defensive player who's learning to improve in the at the speed of the game which sounds interesting to say for him um but also then has this speed component that just roars at every level it's just remarkable and if you have that i mean you could might might be so you know might be sooner than anybody expects except for uh except for victor scott and People like you, Daniel, who have long ranked him aggressively and said that this guy is coming. Be real interesting between him and Thomas Sejaci, who who gets a crack at the major leagues and who makes the most of it that first time. Right, right. I mean, it would be very fitting. I mean, like you mentioned, be a very fitting way for Victor Scott. I mean, and kind of how he's always been described, right? As somebody who's fast and quick, and I mean, seems kind of like a symbolic pipe, like you know, like a like a pipeline there where his path to the. Uh, uh, up the prospect pipeline, it's like quick. I mean, it mm-hmm. 
certainly feels that way. We'll arrive as he plays. Thank you very much, Daniel Guerrero. That's been that's St. Louis Post Dispatch baseball writer Daniel Guerrero. You can read all of his stuff at stltoday.com. He is uh, a minor league beat writer, contributes on the major league side, but we're very happy at the Post Dispatch that we're one of the few places that has a minor league beat writer who brings you constant coverage of the Cardinal system, not just uh, the players, but also the trends and also how they're trying to re-engineer it to be more productive, especially when it comes to pitching development. Daniel, thank you very much for uh, spending the leap part of your leap day with me and uh, and for putting together this uh, this podcast. We thought it'd be interesting to put a timer on it. We clearly need more work on how to operate the timer, but uh, but it was good. It was good. It kind of gave us a pace, right? Yeah. Well, we have 4 years to kind of perfect this for for the next leap year. <laughs> that was well put. The best podcast in baseball is brought to you by Closet by Design of St. Louis. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. You can also find it at stltoday.com where you can find the Constant Cardinals coverage. You can also find that in the pages of the Post-Dispatch. The best podcast in Vail... The best podcast in baseball is available on iTunes where you can rate and review the podcast. Of course, you can subscribe to it there as well. Subscriptions make the sponsorships possible. Sponsorships make this podcast possible. Daniel, let's uh, let's race back over there and, uh, and get to... Uh, get to asking the manager some questions we'll uh thank you very much for joining me uh we'll have another the best podcast baseball is brought to you by closet by design of st louis we'll have another one soon talk to you later without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.